Father God, we do thank you and we praise you. We manifest, we, we magnify your name. We thank you, Father, for each and every person that's here tonight. And Father God, we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one of them. And we thank you, Father, that that each and every person will fulfill that plan and that purpose. We thank you, Father, today as we go to study your word, that your word will not return void. But Father God, we thank you that that word will penetrate the hearts and the lives of each and every one of us. And we thank you, Father, that as we hear the word, that we just don't just hear the word, but we're a doer of the word. And we thank you that we'll take that word. And we'll take it out to the highways and the byways. And we'll take that word to the people that are lost and dying and hurting. And it will be life changing to them. Father God, we thank you for revival to this generation. We thank you for revival to this nation. We thank you for signs, wonders, miracles, and healings taking place in our midst. We thank you today as we, as, as we study your word. We come not in our own strength, not in their own power, not in their own might, not in their own ability, but your strength, your power, your might, and your ability that you be lifted up. We thank you, Father, today as we minister, that they won't see me ministering, but they'll see you ministering through me. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives big on the inside of us, that leads us and guides us and shows us the way and enables us to preach the uncompromising gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the anointing of God that's present in this place tonight. We thank you that anointing is saturating each and every one of us. And Father God, we just thank you for mom and dad as they're there in Florida and Naples there. We thank you for the anointing of God being there. We thank you for the healing anointing there. We thank you for for testimonies that we shall hear and that we shall see. We thank you for everything that you have done and everything you are doing both here and around the world. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Hope everyone's doing wonderful. I want to say a special shout out and hello to everyone watching us online at www.rama.tv. And a lot of you don't realize that we have a, a, a lot of folks that actually tune in live online, not just from here in the U.S., but all around the world. Sometimes people stay up till two and three and four in the morning in front of their computer, or, or now you can actually, you know, get on your TV and things like that. So it's just an amazing thing with technology today, how we're able to minister around the world all at the same time. Um, you know, what's also coming up amazing is coming up um, Winter Bible Seminar. It used to be called Winter Bible Seminar. We're not going to call it Spring Bible Seminar because we're, we're, we're going to already speak things into existence that spring is coming to pass, you know. You know, I know Groundhog Day is, is coming up pretty soon. I'm not sure if it really means anything, but, you know, I, I say spring's going to happen anyway. Whether the groundhog goes back into the hole or not, you know, my faith is not in the groundhog. If my faith was groundhog, I, I'd be in trouble because, I'm, you know, I'm not sure that the groundhog knows what's going on. Plus, you know, the one that they use on TV, uh, I guess, what's it, Foxer County Phil or whatever that guy's name, I don't know, I saw the movie one time and... You know, but think about this. Here's this groundhog coming out at dawn and all these TV lights are on. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't see your shadow? I mean, it doesn't make sense. I know maybe I overthink things. And if you don't know what Groundhog Day is or watch us online, be sure and Google that. Um, and it, you know, it'll, it'll bless you maybe. All right. Everyone like my new shirt? Got this for Christmas. My, my mom gave it to me um, for Christmas. Um, and um, well, I guess I should say my parents gave it to me because my mom and dad both gave it to me. But my mom's the one who bought it because my dad's never probably bought a Christmas gift, um, at least for me. <laughs> Actually, I, he did buy one Christmas gift for, for me. and It was a motorcycle. That was a good one. Um, 
but normally my mom's always the one who does all the shopping. And, and um, I call this my Todd White shirt. If some of you, um, um, some of you saw my, my friend Evangelist Todd White, he, I think he had a shirt almost just like this. Um, and, so, and so I'm like, cool, mom, you got me a Todd White shirt. That's awesome. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want to turn to our keynote scripture for this ministry, Mark chapter 11. And I want to actually kind of examine these scriptures in a little different way, actually using some grammar that we learned in English. Um, but I'm going, to, I'm going to go ahead and read it all for you. First of all, I'll read from the New King James Version, which is a little hard for me because I'm so used to quoting it from the, from the King James Version. But, you know, you know, let's just be a little new. We'll start Mark chapter 11, verse 22. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. If there's a title for my message, it would, it would be, um, look who's talking. Look who's talking. Because I want to examine who is doing the speaking, what's the subject, and, you know, because it really matters in how we use our faith. Because a lot of times we're, 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 we're not... We're not focusing in on the right thing as we use our faith. And in fact, sometimes they're totally missing. They're, they're, they, understand, they hear the scripture, but they totally don't understand how to use the scripture. It starts out in verse 22. It says, so Jesus answered. Obviously, Jesus is the one here doing the talking because he's the one answering. And he said to them. Who was them? It was his disciples. So Jesus told his disciples, before he told them anything, he said these words, have faith in God. Some people say have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. Or I like to say what it says on our money, in God we trust. All right. See, so, you know, you could just ask if you want to, just write Mark eleven twenty two on all your on all your money. And even if some of you don't have a, maybe you don't have a $20 bill like I have, if you have a penny, it says in God we trust on there. Now, some people have said, well, well we, they, they, um, United States Mint had some money without in God we trust. And actually it didn't. It was on the outside, it says in God we trust on the outside of, of the coin. And it got worn out if people use it, which I don't know how many people actually use a dollar coin because I never get a dollar coin. In fact, one time I went to Burger King with a dollar coin. Um, and ever, ever seen our dollar coins that we have? United States, we hardly ever use them, but, but um, actually, I, I got some stamps at the post office one time, and they gave me change in dollar coins. I went to Burger King to use my dollar coin, and the guy says, I, oh, sir, we don't accept these. I'm like, it's a dollar coin. He goes, no, I, I don't think we accept it. Let me talk to my manager. <laughs> I, I've never seen these before. They thought it was, it's not Canadian money. It, it's actually... You know, a, a, a U.S. currency. I got it at the post office. Anyway, so that's why we don't use dollar coins because nobody knows what they are. All right. But anyway, um, Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Notice that Jesus didn't say have faith in me. He didn't say have faith in me. He said have faith in God. Now, all, all of this dialogue really comes to light because Jesus spoke to a fig tree and he cursed the fig tree and the fig tree died. 
And when his disciples saw the fig tree, they basically asked Jesus, what did you do? And Jesus was explaining what I did, you can also do. All right. And so it all started with the fig tree. Jesus cursed the fig tree, the fig tree died. And Jesus was basically saying, when there's something that you need to get rid of, you can get rid of it as well. But you have to, first of all, have faith in God. Don't have faith in me. Don't have faith in your pastor. Don't have faith in whoever told you about the scripture. See, too many times Christians get a hold of, of the scripture. Either they've read it in the Bible or, or maybe they've, they've read it in, in, in a, a book, especially a lot of, lot of our, our books you know, have the scripture in there. Um, and they believe, you know, in, in Christianity, we have these things, you know, we, we have these memory verses and things that we quote, but they don't really mean anything if we don't put them into practice. And a lot of times, whenever we're actually quoting the scriptures, we forget the first part, Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. And a lot of people are trying to have faith in their own self as they speak. But as you speak, you have to have faith in your God, that your God is able, that your God is willing to do something. See, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he had faith that his father God was going to do something on on his behalf. See, God so loved the world. God loves you so much that when you speak the word in line with God's word, he's going to do something because he loves you that much. And we're putting things into practice. But in this situation, first of all, Jesus told his disciples, which also, you know, is telling us, have faith in God. And many people, whenever they're trying to have faith, they forget they're supposed to have faith in God. I don't know how many times that we have been, you know, in crusades, you know, whether it be you know, with my grandfather, my dad, or even myself. And you can tell the people who are there, they don't have faith in God. In fact, some of them have said, well, I just believe that, it, that if Brother Hagen lays hands on me, See, what they're, they're trying to uh, apply, Mark chapter 5, the one with the issue of blood, they're trying to put the minister in place of Jesus. But, you know, we don't have to put anyone in place of Jesus because Jesus is everywhere we're at. He says in his word, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Wherever we are, we can call upon his name. All right? But our faith should be in God. In God we trust. If you can't remember anything else, just remember your money. In God we trust. Everything you do, it's, you, you trust in God. Trust in God with all your heart and lean not your own understanding, the Old Testament says. Proverbs chapter 3. Anyway, it goes on to say, for assuredly. Now, the word assuredly means um, undoubting or confidently. For surely I say to you. So Jesus was talking to his disciples or to you. And he says, I'm saying this confidently. I know it works. Now, if we've heard my grandfather, he's always says, you know, he always says God's word works. God's word works for me. God's word works for you. God's word always, always works. And just like Brother Hagen, or my grandfather, you know, said, God's word works. J Jesus was saying, this works. When he's when he using the word assuredly, I know it works. First of all, put your faith in God. 
And then, you know, he's talking to his disciples, but the next thing he says, surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. So he was saying, some people have said, well, this is only for the disciples. No, it's not. It's for whoever. Or the King James Version is is for whosoever. See, you're a whoever, or you're a whosoever. Whoever says. Now, who has to speak? You do. See, it says, if you say to the mountain, or when you say to the mountain, that's the problem. When are you talking to mountains and when are you not talking to mountains? Because in our life, and I understand at that point in time, he was talking to a literal mountain. He was speaking about a literal mountain. But we know in our lives that we run into all kinds of mountains. Some of them are physical mountains, some of them financial mountains, some of them emotional mountains, some, all kinds of mountains. The problem is I've, I've noticed that a lot of, of people, they never speak to their mountains. They, want, they just want Jesus to do something about their mountains. And, and instead of really having faith in God, instead of actually speaking to their mountains, they cry out, Jesus, help me. Now, I know if you read, you know, over in Mark chapter 10, blind Bartimaeus, I like to say blind Bart, you know, he, he cried out, Jesus, help me. But first of all, he was blind. He couldn't see. Now, also, we have to realize, and sometimes we, we, we neglect to realize that the Gospels you know, before Jesus died on the cross, that's all really Old Testament. I know it's in your New Testament because you memorize that's part of the New Testament. But really, until Jesus died upon the cross, it was all... Because when Jesus died upon the cross, everything changed. See, so for us to cry out and say, Jesus, help me, or Jesus, do something, is basically saying that what you did wasn't enough for me. Because it's it's plain, the Bible says that by his stripes, you were healed. So uh, that day on Calvary, when he took the stripes on his back, that says that was for your healing, and that's enough for you. See, a lot of times we begin to cry out, Jesus, help us, Jesus, Jesus, help us. And we're not trying to, to, to be unlearned. We're just not putting the, the Bible into practice the way Jesus told us. But because Jesus says, undoubtedly, this works. This works. And so many times, for whatever reason, sometimes the reason we don't speak to our mountain is because last time it didn't work for us. So we just say, I guess it doesn't work. Or a lot of times we're looking for somebody else to speak to our mountain. I don't know how many times I get mad at people sometimes whenever they're like, you need to pray. Well, why do I need to pray? It's about you anyway. But you're the minister. This doesn't say anything about ministers. It says that whoever. Why am I have to pray? Why is it put on me? Because, see, the, the reason that you want me to pray is you don't know the word or, or you don't think the word works for you. But if, if it didn't work for you, then why would Jesus say confidently it does? Because I, I know people that, that, that they think, well, I don't know how this works. Well, it works whenever you open your mouth. You have to do the talking 
And it doesn't say you open your mouth and you say to Jesus, help me. It says you open your mouth and begin to talk to your mountains. You know, we talk about speaking things into existence, saying things that, that are not as though they are. Begin to speak things that you want, not things that you, you're having. Think, speak things you want to have. Decide what, what kind of life you want to live. Decide what, how you want your finances to be. You have to speak things into existence, but it's, it starts with you speaking, not you asking the pastor. Not, you know, well, I just need to go and talk to the pastor. He'll, he'll, he'll figure out a way. Well, you know, it, it's really absurd sometimes. Some, sometimes some of the questions that people want, want to ask you, when it, it's in the words that you need to take, take you, you need to take authority for yourself. But a lot of times people actually argue, well, no, you need to do it for me. Well, see, Jesus was telling his disciples, I'm not going to speak to you guys in the mountain. You're going to speak to your own mountain. But really, whenever he said the word whosoever, he was actually giving them a responsibility to tell everybody that you need to start speaking to your mountains. Now, I'm going to say for, for generations, it really, um, it seemed, you know, in, in, in the world that a lot of times churches didn't want to let this out. They, they wanted the pastor, you know, to, to be the one in control. You had to come to the pastor and he had to ask. You know, and, you know, I, I know you can get some basis in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they had to come to the priest and the priest had to ask, but we live under, under a new covenant that you don't need somebody else because you already have Jesus. And see, the new, the new Testament, the new covenant is a whoever covenant. Amen. It's not a priest only. Now notice it doesn't say that what we need to do is pray to the, it, it, Jesus wasn't telling his, his disciples, okay, you, you guys are the apostles and people need to pray to you if they want this or pray to this saint or pray to that saint or pray to my mother. He didn't say that. So some of you that grew up Catholic, and, Sorry. He said, you need to speak to your own issues. They're your issues anyway. You need to speak to them. You need to call them out. You need to talk more. You need to quit trying to rely on somebody else. Because Jesus took care of your issues. You don't, you don't have to call upon him again and say... Well, do something else. See, when Jesus died on the cross and he gave you all power and authority to speak. He gave you the power to speak in in the name of Jesus. That at, at that name, the demons have to tremble. Now, if you don't believe it, then you, you see, you you don't put your trust in, in God. And a lot of times, the reason you're not speaking to your mountains is because you don't have, you're like, well, I don't have faith in myself that I know enough word. It didn't say, if you know enough word, you can speak to your mountain. 
It says, if you trust God. Or when you trust God. See, when you, before you speak, you have to trust God. You're trusting God to take care of your mountains. And basically, when you're speaking to your mountains, you're telling God, this is what I need you to take care of. This is what I need to take care of. And so many times that we miss it, so many times maybe we've, we've learned so much about faith that we forgot about it. Maybe we put it into practice when we first were, 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 were you know, were gotten in, in, into this arena, but we forgot about it. But we have to speak. If you want to change things, you have to open your mouth and do the talking. All right. It doesn't say that I'm going to speak to everybody's mountain. I'm going to change it. It says, assuredly, whoever says to this mountain or, or to their mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea. But here's the big but here. It says, and does not doubt in his or her own heart. See, a lot of times people are speaking to their mountain, but they don't believe that it's going to change. Because they're saying, well, I don't have enough faith to move my mountain. I need somebody else to, to, to get, you know, I know there are scriptures that two or more gather together. Let's get a bunch of people together. You know, and I, I found out and there's nothing wrong with, with, you know, prayer chains and prayer groups and, and things like that. But, 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 you know, when people start going through issues, they, 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 they call up or now email different prayer groups and ask people to pray for them. And nothing wrong with the prayer agreement. You know, it's great to have people pray for you. But I found that the only people that usually don't pray for you is you. In most cases, you're trying to get somebody else to pray because you don't think that you know what to do. And in most cases, a lot of folks I know, they can quote these scriptures by heart, even the King James version, and they still don't know what to do. It does, Jesus didn't say to his disciples, when you guys have mountains, call, call every prayer group in town. Make sure all your Facebook friends are praying for you too. And if they're not going to pray for you, just defriend them. <laughs> put it out on Twitter. Take pictures of your mountain and put it on Facebook. I mean, put it on um, Instagram. No, you, you know, and sometimes we idolize our mountains. You know, sometimes your mountain's probably a molehill, but you, you make it look like Mount Everest to you. And I understand whenever you're going through a battle, sometimes it might, you know, you know, it might look small to some people and look big to you because it's your mountain. But, you know, they say a lot of times in, in, in the world that sometimes we just have to face up to things. Well, I think it's the same in, in the Bible. We just got to face up to things. We just have to believe. And see, when you're believing that you're, see, you're believing your God is able to take care of that mountain. Not that you're doing anything. All you're doing is you're coming in line with this law. That you can have whatever you say. But when I say it, I have to believe it's going to happen. All right? And, and that's why a lot of times, too, and we, we've all seen this some especially when it comes to your kids or maybe your dog or, or whatever, whenever they're not doing things right and you're, and you're saying stuff, you know, you know, get over here. And 
if they don't think you're serious, they're not going to do anything about it. And I think that's the same way with the devil. As long as, as, long as he doesn't think you're serious, he's not going to go away. You know, when the Bible says resist the devil, he'll flee from you. But resisting, you know, means you need to be serious about it and believe that there's force behind what you say. And there is great force behind what you say because you have the force of the, the, the greatest force in the world, greater than the force in Star Wars. Unless I'm talking about the same force, but I've never figured that one out yet. Um, but, you know, we, we're talking about the force of God. We're talking about, you know, when, when, it, when it says have the God kind of faith, and the God kind of faith is simply the same kind of faith that God had back in Genesis when he said, let there be light. Then after he gave a $1,000 faith vow and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights <laughs> and fasted, the light came on. No. When, G, when God spoke, the light immediately came on but we try to put things, we try to, we try to take different things and all put it into the faith thing that, okay, if we say and we give and we do and, you know, we do the hokey pokey and turn ourselves around and then I, you know, it's, it's like, then things seemingly don't happen. Okay. I must've forgot step number 28. I was reading Brother So-and-So's book on the 99 steps to actually receive from God in step 28. I missed that one. You know, we, we get all confused. And I, I believe that was, that's the one thing that was different about, you know, our ministry. You know, in, you know in, in my grandfather was he tried to make things simple for everybody. You know, and, you know, it, it is amazing to... To, to read about him, especially whenever you're reading Wikipedia and, and um, you know, it says that, that, that you know, he, he, he's the founder of the modern day faith movement. Even one time I was watching them 2020 and they were doing a story, wasn't a good story about some different ministers who none of them were actually Raymer graduates, but all of them, you know, have followed after some, some of the things my grandfather said. And they put a picture of my grandfather said, said that this guy is their leader. He, they, they, everyone, they, they call him Papa Hagen. You know, you know, he's, you know, it, it's interesting because I actually thought that Jesus was the founder of the modern day faith movement. Um, but, which, which makes no sense, but, you know, because re- really, I mean, you know, obviously most of the, my grandfather's teaching all stem from this scripture and it's all because now, see, no one really gets this is that. When my grandfather got a hold of this scripture, he was a paralyzed 17-year-old boy that never read a book on faith. And the minister who he tried to talk to about that told him to be patient, my boy, in a few days it'll all be over. I mean, you know, the, minister, the Baptist minister, he didn't give him any hope. I mean, all he did was plan his funeral. Literally, right in front of him. But as a 17-year-old child, he read these, these scriptures and said, you know what, if they're real, I'm going to walk off this deathbed. And he did. Now, what's amazingly ignorant of us, I guess, is, is you know, many of us have... have, have 
got a hold of this message for longer than 17 years, though, you know, and maybe we're, 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 we know so much that we do so little. I don't know. Because, you know, a lot of times when people saw my grandfather ministering as an 85-year-old man or a 7-year-old man or, or whatever, they're thinking, this is a man of great faith. No, but, but, you know, some of you that have a 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old child, look, look at them and think how much faith they really have. And how much they really know. I mean, he didn't really know much about the Word of God. Now, I'm saying that because, you know what, if you're facing a mountain that, that you think that there is no way, I don't care how much you know or you don't know, God's word works. Because some people think, well, if, if I haven't stretched my faith or used my faith enough, I could never use my faith for this. No, you, you, you can believe for whatever you need. I don't care how big your mountain is. You know, Jesus never actually, when he, when he picked a physical mountain, it, it's pretty much impossible to move a physical mountain. Everybody really agree? And, and if, you know, you realize the, the, the United States, you know, highway service or, the, or whatever, most of the time what they sing is, we're not going to move this mountain, so we're going to blast through it and make a tunnel, or I used to call them tunnels. I don't know why, because I guess, yeah, when I was a kid, I called them tunnels. Um, and, and my mom would say, no, it's a tunnel. I said, that's what I said, tunnel. Because, you know, we, we traveled a lot on, uh, in, in a motorhome, and, and I always say, hey, hey, dad, are we going to go through a tunnel? Because I see us running the mountains a lot of times. And so, you know, I didn't like going around the mountain. You know, I like to go through the tunnel. But it wasn't a tunnel, it was a tunnel. I just was a kid, and I said tunnel, but, but my mom would say, no, it's a tunnel. And I said, that's what I said, tunnel. So anyway, but I don't say tunnel anymore because I grew up. All right, unlike my dad who still says extreme. And obstacle, which he's the only person I know that says obstacle. Except for me when I'm trying to imitate him because I think it's funny. Um, um. Anyway, but most people, what they do is they try to they blow a tunnel in the mountain. Now, but what Jesus was saying was you can say this mountain, you know, just basically be lifted up and thrown into the sea, not just move six inches. Do you, do you know if, if, if we're somewhere in the Rocky Mountains, not the Tulsa Mountain, because there aren't really many mountains around here, and, and, and there's a big mountain there. And that mountain was to, to move, you know, five feet, six feet, maybe even a mile. You might not even notice. If it's in the distance, he doesn't, you know. But if that mountain totally picks up and, and moves and you have a hole where that mountain was, you'll notice. And Jesus was saying that you can obliterate your mountains through your word. Not just barely get through them. Not tunnel underneath them. Not, you know, we'll be coming around the mountain. When we come, it's not about going around the mountain. He didn't say go through the mountain. He says get rid of the mountain. Because so many people are just right. Well, maybe if, you know, Lord, just make it a little bit easier. You know, a lot of us actually would be satisfied if, if, the, if the Lord would, would, you know, would make it 80% easier. Or 50% easier. But that's not what God wants. God wants you to, to you know, totally obliterate that situation. But it starts whenever you, with you believing in God and you speaking words that you believe. 
you have to believe that when you speak a word, it changes. And if you don't believe that your word is that powerful, then that's why you're not speaking to your mountain. And some people are, are, are speaking to, the, to, to their mountain, but they don't believe in their own words. But see, you have to believe that when you speak, you, you're speaking like God spoke back in Genesis. And when he spoke the words, he didn't have to go on a, 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 you know, a fast. He didn't have to pay any money. When he spoke the word, all he did, you know, really God said it. But when he said it, he believed it. Do you think that when God said, let there be light, he thought, well, I just hope this light comes on. I hope someone paid the power bill. When he said, let there be light, he, he wasn't a hoping and a praying. He expected the light to come because God said, and God, when God says something, it's more powerful than Simon. You know, you pay Simon says. And, uh, you know, you realize that when, if you played Simon Says, unless you play it with a guy named Simon, Simon didn't even say it. The guy said that Simon said it. <laughs> All right. But, you know, so maybe you need to kind of play Simon Says with God. And when you say, God says this mountain has to move. Amen. And I believe God's word. Because when you're speaking, you're speaking with the same force that God spoke when he said, let there be light. And see, we don't realize that whenever we're trying to obliterate our mountains. We're, we're thinking that we're some tiny little individual that somehow, some way, if we muster up enough faith, it's going to work. No, we have to have faith in God. We have to believe that when we speak, we speak like God speaks. Because my faith is in God. It's not in my word. It's in his word. It's not in my power. It's in his power. It's not in my might, it's in his might. It's not in my ability. That's why that every time I minister, I always pray that way because it's not about me. It's about him. Yes. And really, whenever I talk, it's about we. It's about us connecting together. You know, I, and I'm saying, God, obliterate this mountain. I'm tired of it. See, so, sometimes it, it seems it's, that a lot of times we just ignore, we, we, we ignore our mountains until, until we just get tired of it. So I got to get rid of these mountains somehow, some way. And sometimes we, we get all, we just don't know what to do because we have so many mountains. Where do I start? Just get rid of them all. Amen. Well, I have to do it one at a time, right? No. Lord, I speak to all these mountains, this financial mountain, the physical mountain, the spiritual mountain, this emotional mountain, or whatever mountain I have and mountains I don't even know I have. I'm speaking to them, the mountains that are on top, under the sea. I don't care. You know, I'm speaking to them all and blow them all up. You got to get tired of it. Sometimes you have to get tired of it before you actually get serious about it. Because I think when you decide that you're going to believe God for something, you need to get serious about it. And if you're serious about it, and then, but see, what happens is, is that, if we wake up the next day and the mountain's still there, well, it must not work. Now, in the fig tree example, that when Jesus cursed a fig tree, nothing actually really happened because, and because they walked by, they kept on going. They actually came back and probably walked by, walked by, back by that fig tree. And it wasn't until the next morning when they walked by the fig tree again that all of a sudden the fig tree, something had changed. 
All right, something changed, but it really wasn't until the next day. Because if Jesus would have cursed a fig tree and it would have dried up immediately, then Peter would have said immediately. No, the next day Peter said, hey, that fig tree's gone. What'd you do? And Jesus said, I just said what you can do. I spoke to it and commanded it to be dried up. And it, see, the, the fig tree had no choice. But that's something else you need to understand. Your mountains have no choice either. See, we're, we're trying to think that we have, you know, the power, we have all the power. All the power and all the authority has been given to us through Jesus Christ. The mountain doesn't have any power. Yeah, but it's big. Well, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. The bigger splash they make. See, we look at something that's big and think it's impossible. But the Bible clearly says that things that are impossible to man are possible with God. So have faith in God. Only believe. It's really simple. You just got to believe God is able. And when I speak, God puts some things into practice. But I don't doubt my heart. But I believe that whatever I says will be done. And then it says that he will have whatever he says. So see, I'm only going to have whatever I say. I have to say it. And I'm going to have whatever I say. But if I don't say it, I'm not going to have it. But you know what? If you examine people's life a lot, a lot of times people are saying stuff that they really don't want. Like, I never have enough money. Man, it's always hard. I'm always tired. And I, I had to really get over that one because I used to say, you know, tell somebody how tired I was. And, you know, the, tired I, the, the more I said it, the tireder I got. You know, even say stuff like it's flu season, I guess I'm going to get the flu. You know, a lot of times we don't mean those things. We don't want those things to come to pass, but we keep saying them over and over and over again. We can have whatever we say. And, and you know, really, a lot of times we believe them. We believe that we don't have enough money. We believe that we can't make it. We, we might as well start believing we're the tail, not the head. We're below and, and, and not above. See, you know, Paul told us to, 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 to think higher than what we are. I don't care if you're a loser, you have to think like you're a winner. Sometimes you don't have to speak fact, you, you, you have to speak faith. The fact is easy. It's easy to see there's a big mountain. And in fact, I found out that a lot of people, not only do you see it, a lot of other people will tell you about your mountain. I don't know what you're going to do. I'm glad I'm not in your shoes. I've even seen people come to the hospital whenever someone gets diagnosed with, with, especially cancer, because cancer's pretty much touched everybody's family. And they're saying, man, my Aunt Mary had that. You know, three or four years she battled it, and, you know, and, you know, and man, it, she had a terrible death. I, I, I just, I, I hope it works better for you. I mean, and these are good Christian people who say stuff like that. I always say that we, that we need to really maybe kick some people out of our, our hospital room. Um, and, and they're not trying to be mean. And sometimes they're trying to speak fact. You know, but... You know, but they're bringing forth doubt and unbelief. 
you know, but you know, a lot of times they'll, 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 people will say that whenever it comes to center of finance, I, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to pay those bills. I mean, you lost your job and this and that and everything else. Or, I mean, you know, because we're getting ready for, for our, our presidential election, you know, coming up. And I don't care who you vote. I, I care that you vote. I mean, you, you need to vote for who you think will make the best president, whoever it is. You know, or, or the, the best senator or the best congressman. And some people think, well, my vote doesn't really matter. You know, but if everyone thought that, then their vote doesn't really matter. Do you realize, especially in some of the, in some of the smaller races, you know, for, for Oklahoma, um, you know, House, Oklahoma Senate, really sometimes if it's not a presidential election, there are very few people actually show up at the polls because they don't really care. But, but, but they do mean a lot of things. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's really important for us as, as our, our ministry. We're, we're trying to get some things passed, you know, for, uh, about our school. And we really need some good you know, state congressmen and state senators, you know, that, that will vote with us, you know, so we, can, so we can take advantage of some things that have been allowed in other states and not allowed here um, in, in Oklahoma. We're trying to get passed. And so a lot of times we don't think a lot about from a state level because we're thinking about the national level and, you know, because all you have to do is watch the news and this person says this and this person says that. But, you know, also I, I want to say this, you know, in line because I've, I've seen some people share some things on Facebook about certain candidates. You know, I, you know most of the candidates say enough stupid stuff. You, if, if you, you can share truth and, and, and you know, and, and it's, you know, makes them look bad. But don't share things that are not true. I know that there's one certain thing and, and the news source is from a certain place. And I don't, I think you should be not allowed on the internet, but at, at, when you go to the news source, um, it says on, on top, um, news, it's almost true. <laughs> and they talk about they're, they're, they're a satire site and they, and they actually can go there and define what satire is. And it says, you know, you know, in, in the, most cases we change the name in, in the case of a, of a political figure or, or someone in entertainment, we use their name, but, but our story is fiction. And I have seen people actually posting, because they have posted different things about some different candidates, and they post it on their Facebook like it's truth, and all these people said, oh, I, I, can't, I can't believe that person said that. Well, you know, I've heard that person say enough, enough themselves. You, you, you can get them on what they actually said, not what they didn't say. Yeah. All right? And because really it makes you look stupid. And it makes me irritated. I'm going to post on you. I don't really, I don't get a lot of political things, but I'm going to post on your Facebook. Please use news sources that are actually valid. You know, and, and I've seen it happen with sports figures or whatever. You know, some people that don't like Tony Romo posted a, a, a thing, some derogatory thing, and I went to, and, it, and it was one of those sites. Well, me being a Dallas Cowboy fan, even though they didn't do very good this year, was pretty irritated about that. And I was happy to see it wasn't true news. But, you know, also, too, I always take, take, my grandfather always said, putting another man's candle out will not make yours any brighter. You know, and, and I understand people have certain candidates they want, they want, might want to pull for, but it's also really, really hard in, in a, a preliminary election because if your candidate doesn't win, you might be forced to vote for the candidate that you don't like. You know, so if you get enough hatred toward that other person and your candidate not the one chose, and so you have a choice, you're either going to vote for that person or you're going to have to not vote or you're going to have to vote for, you know, for the other party, which you're probably not going to like those people either. So I don't know what you do. Anyway, 
But my point is, it doesn't matter who's president, God will take care of you. Doesn't matter what the price of oil is, whether it's high, low, medium. I I like oil being down, but some people in Oklahoma sure don't because it affects jobs. That's the bad part about it. You know, when it's good for some, it's bad for others. And there, there's a lot of people who are losing their job because the price of oil is down. So they're not drilling, you know, in Oklahoma. So there's a lot, a lot of people losing their job. So we don't see that side, but we're just so happy when we go to the pump and like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you drive a Prius, you, you know, it says cost me $1 to fill up. Maybe a little more, you know, whatever. But but the main thing is, is that you can have whatever you say. I'm, we'll read verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, so Jesus once again is saying to us, or saying to the disciples, that whatever things that you ask, whatever you ask. Now, you know, we have other scriptures that says whatever you ask, you know, he's going to do it. All right, but whatever you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive. So believe that you're going to receive whatever you ask. So when you ask, you believe that you have that, you're going to, you're going to receive that and you will have them, but you believe you receive them before you actually have them. That's called faith. You know, and my grandfather used to always point out, you should start shouting whenever you start speaking, not when the answer comes. Because when you say it changes, it should change in your own heart. Now, everybody else is going to get excited when they see it. But you're not moved by what you see, what you feel. You're not moved that, you know, three days later, it's still there. Four days later, it's still there. And really, you know, I'm I'm going to give you worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, if you went three years, four, let's say you went four years And, you know, it took four years to get rid of your situation. That seems like a long time. All right, but I just figured out, I don't know if I'm happy to admit this, but I was just thinking, there was, the chili bowl just happened. The first chili bowl was in 1987, in which, you know, we celebrated this is the 30th annual chili bowl. Well, in 1987, I also graduated from high school in May of 1987, which means this May, it will be 30 years since I graduated from high school. Well, the four years of high school didn't seem like very long time when it concerned the 30 years afterwards. You know, and I'm saying that, I'm not saying it has to take four years, but if it did take four years, that would really be a small smidgen to, to, you know, your 30 or 40 or 80 or whatever years you have. And, but usually the reason it takes four years because you, you didn't believe it when you said it. You were struggling, or maybe you did, but then doubt and unbelief came in. You know, and, and I always read the definition of faith from, from the Webster's New World Dictionary. I got it from the seventh edition. I think they're probably at the 13th edition now. Um, and the definition of faith, according to Webster's New World Dictionary, that's the, that's the one that, that they used to use for, uh, you know, for a lot of um, collegiate type stuff or even elementary type stuff. And, and the only reason I had, had it is because it could fit in my briefcase. It was a little small. Little, this is before you know, we had things on our Palm Pilots. And, and then, then, then later on, I had a Palm Pilot before, before I started having a smartphone. And 
all these kind of things. And so I had the Webster's New World Dictionary, and I would carry it with me. And I got the dictionary by, I applied for a MasterCard, and they gave me the dictionary and a thesaurus and all these things. And it was a nice little box, and, and I got, you know, I, I don't care about the other thing, I want the dictionary. So, and I used to use that dictionary when I, when I preached, but one day I was actually preaching on the subject of faith, and I'm like, you know, I've never actually looked up the word faith in the dictionary. And I looked up the word, you know, in this dictionary, and, and there's different, different um, things in different dictionaries, but the Webster's New World Dictionary, it says faith is, a, the second definition, faith is an unquestioning belief, and it changed my life. Because it meant every time I questioned, every time I asked, God, when's this going to happen? God, why is this not happening? Then those are all questions. So according to the dictionary, I'm not in faith. So I begin to line up my faith with the dictionary and it changed my life. Every time you question something, you're not in faith according to Webster's New World Dictionary. So it really helps because what happens is, is, you know, if two or three days go by and things don't happen, and understand, you know, God's not a drive through window. God's not a microwave. You know, a lot of times, you know, we, we get kind of get used because we're the drive through microwave generation. I mean, I, I've seen people walk into, a, um, you know, a fast food, like, well, actually, this situation was at McDonald's, and, and um, they were mad because they had to wait 10 minutes for their hamburger. Say, so, you know, don't you have those things underneath the lamp? Because I want a fresh one. That was kind of a joke, you know. So, so the deal is, if, 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 you, if you're going through the drive-thru window and you're, you're able to, to say it in, in, you know, to this little box, go up and pay for it, you know, the window number one now, because they have the, the, the two-window system now, um, then window number two, you pick it all up and, and say, I mean, you, you got, that, was, that was quick. But quick doesn't mean fresh. You know, and so a lot of times, though, we, we think that we're going to, get our needs answered immediately. And sometimes it does happen that way. But you know what? What if it doesn't? Because, you know, a lot of times you need to look at worst case scenario. If it doesn't, I'm going to keep believing. If it doesn't, I'm going to keep standing. Because God's word works. And God's word said, if I can say with my mouth, if I believe in my heart, I'm going to have whatever I say. And if if I don't have it today, I'm going to have it tomorrow. If I don't have it tomorrow, I'm going to have it the next day. And I'm going to stand. And see, once you pray one time after that every day, you just say, thank you, Father, that, that this mountain's gone. Thank you, Father, this mountain. I, I don't care, you know, if you continue to get bills. I don't care if you continue to get bad reports. It doesn't matter because we're not looking at the report of man. We're, we're looking at the report of God. And God says. And see, it's, it's, remember, it's in God I trust. It's not, not and I don't trust in man. I don't trust in anything. I trust in God. And if I say it, it has to happen when I line up with God's word. But, you know, whenever things don't seem to happen, instead of saying, well, I guess it doesn't work, I say God's word always works. God cannot and will not fail, and my trust is still in God. You know, and wasn't that... Back in the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they went into the fiery furnace, it was turned up seven times hotter than it killed the people who actually threw them in the fire. But before they went in, they said, they told the king, you know what, God's going to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, I'm still not going to bow. 
Even if he didn't, see, it wasn't dependent on, because you know what? Even if he wasn't going to meet my need, I'm still going to love my God no matter what. Because I'm determined that my God loves me. But you know what? It doesn't matter because he will meet my need. And I'm confident because Jesus said that he was confident to tell me that if I speak to my mountain and I believe it will be done, that it will be done because Jesus said so. It's in red letters in my Bible, red letters in your Bible or your, your iPad or whatever you're looking at. And it works. God's word always works. I've been told that when I was a little kid. God's word works for me. God's word works for you. God's word never fails. I put my faith in God. I say it with my mouth. I believe it in my heart. I have what I say because that's what the Bible said to do. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each and every person that's here. And Father God, we thank you that today as we remind each and every person that we have to continue to speak God's word, that we have to be the one that speaks, that we have to be serious about what we speak and how we speak, knowing that it's through you that things will work because we speak the words of God. Help us understand it's not about how much faith we have, it's about, how, it's about that we believe you. Help them to understand you know, this, this message, not today when everything's going good, but help them to understand the day that they have, that everything is falling apart, that it seems the mountains are so big that they're overtaking us, that they'll remember the word that we spoke tonight. We thank you that you bring those, those things back to their remembrance and, and they'll begin to know that they can speak God's word and God's word shall change their situation. It will obliterate their mountains. And we thank you for it now. And we thank you for everything that you have done and everything you, you, you are doing in our midst. And we thank you, Father, that you are leading us and you're guiding us and that you have a plan and a purpose for us and we will fulfill that plan. And, and as we begin to pray, as we begin to ask that you're going to meet those needs every single time, that, that your word never fails. Help them to understand that we can speak those words and they shall happen. Help us to understand that we can have faith, that we simply have to believe, that, we, that no matter what things look like, no matter how things seem, that we can believe every time. And we just thank you, Father, for testimonies that we shall hear and we shall see based upon tonight's message. And we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God's a good God. Let's all stand up. Amen. If you're here tonight and you need prayer for any reason, you know, whether you want to get saved, whether you want to come back home and rededicate your life to God, whether you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or, or may, maybe you have some needs in your life that you, you want somebody to, to pray with you about. We have some, some men and women on either side of me. If, if you're a man, go talk to the men. If you're a woman, go talk to, 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 the, to the women. If you don't know what you are, talk to one of the ushers and they'll direct you, um, you know, based on, on how you look. Um, anyway, if you happen to be a first-time visitor, we're glad that you, that you joined us tonight. And if you're a first-time visitor, the Connection team is, is there, and, and they want to meet with you, and they want to take you to a, um, a special place and give, give you a, a, a gift we have for you. Um, Sunday morning, Dad, will, will be, Dad and Mom will be back here, be ministering Sunday morning at a, a 10 a.m., um, and then... Then 6 p.m. we have service then, and also 6 p.m. every Wednesday we have hour power, but when I do it's like hour 15 minutes, but it's hour 20 minutes of power, sorry um, about that. I've been doing really good getting you right out at, at 8 o'clock the last few times. I just wanted to finish everything I had to say, and you know, you have to understand that my grandfather has about, you know, 48 books on, this, on these three verses, so, you know, to go an hour 20 minutes is not a whole, a whole lot of 
in bad. Anyway, God bless you guys. Take care. Have a wonderful day. You know, but just remember that when you speak, you speak like God speaks. And things change when you begin to speak the word of God and you believe it. Amen. God bless you guys. Take care. Have a great day.